Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individual stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Now, on to the show. Good morning, beautiful. Good morning. You look lovely today. Thank you. It's, um, we're airing in September. It's a day of mourning today as we record. Oh, yes, it mm. is. So, I think... Are it, you going to explain that? Yeah, it's Canada Day. It's July 1st, and it's uh, the year that we uncovered bodies of our indigenous people yeah. that were buried from residential schools. Yeah, were murdered. Mm-hmm. These are mass murders, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think today is an extra self-care day, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, grieving. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything to do with what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's just acknowledgement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we record so far in advance that we're late as, as we're saying this, as it's coming out, um, but it's still important to, to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to feel it. Yeah. To have empathy. If we don't have empathy for this, Kelly, we are, we are screwed as a human species. Mm-hmm. If we want to sweep it and just keep going. And, and not just silent empathy. Empathy yeah. and voice. Yeah. And I mean, and action. action. Um, now I know you have uh, a wonderful show prepared, mm-hmm. a series actually. Yes. Uh, so we'll we'll move into that gently. Okay. So um, this is a lady, and Kelly, 
You gave me the list of names. So today we're doing something a little bit different. Yeah, you chose the name today. I did. And this is the first time that I'm choosing names. So I chose Day. D-A-E. Day. Oh, I was going to spell it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I stole your glory there. So her name is Day. And um, this is a client that I've seen many times. And our listeners are going to hear her story periodically because she has consented to telling her story in her sessions over a series of shows. Cool. So and then not back to back, but just kind of interspersed through yeah. coffee? Okay. Yeah. And we'll keep her name. We'll keep it as day so everybody following can kind of go, oh, yes, yes, this is How's part she of the doing? series. How's she doing now? <laughs> What's going on? So she is alive. And I'm saying that because we're mediums, and some people might think that day has passed over. Well, actually, you um, just recently were doing a two-part series on a woman named Badia. Yes. And we know that she has terminal cancer. So, you know, that is, yeah. that's just as an, an example, um, one example of, you know, where clients, we, we may lose them mm-hmm. at a certain point, and we know their story or their human story ends. Right. So day calls, and the very first thing that she asks is um, she wants to know about her soul contract. Mm. That's the question. And she tells me up front that this soul contract is going to extend over many sessions and that she doesn't want me to feel rushed. And this is lovely because some people will say, I'd like my soul contract and my husband's and the one I have with my children and the one that I have. And they give me, or you or I, they give us like five or six contracts to do in half an hour. Yeah, and and actually, some people just want to know what name is written in the contract instead of the details and what the contract actually entails. Yeah. So she's committed to learning about, in depth about her own personality, about where it comes from and her purposes and her own level of responsibility in these relationships, not just what other people did to her. Sounds like Day is doing the dirty work. She's doing some, she's doing a little bit of dirty work. (laughs) Good. (laughs) She certainly is. So a little bit of background, and this comes through at the very beginning of her first session. The guides come in at the beginning and explain to me that she's one of several children in her family, that um, her parents stayed together through their entire marriage, and that they were very religious. Do you mean through their entire lives? Oh, pardon me. Because <laughs> most people stay together <laughs> through their whole marriage. <laughs> I'm glad that you caught that and that you found humor in that. <laughs> I think about um, people whose first language is not English who might be tuning into the show and thinking like, oh, okay, stay together through whole marriage. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> That's not how you say it. No. <laughs> Karen should not be saying it either. So they stay together their whole lives, mm-hmm. and they're very religious people. Mm. And they raise their children um, in that religion and all of the beliefs. And as a result of that, she's she really grows up in a lot of people-pleasing. Mm. So this family, the the parents, the religion, is very much based on obey. Do what you're told. Be a good girl. If you do these things and you behave this way, then you get to 
when you die, you get to go to a heaven, you get to do this, you get to, you're not going to be punished. There's a whole bunch of fear. Base, uh, uh, I'll say it's a fear-based religion. Which one isn't? I would agree. I just don't know in depth about every single religion, but I would agree with that comment. I mean, at the end of the day, there's a threat to how you must behave. That's right. And some people really take that threat seriously, mm-hmm. and some people don't, as we know, mm-hmm. with what you just said at the very beginning of this session, that some people are in these religions and don't take that threat seriously whatsoever mm-hmm. and actually break all of those rules. So she's raised to be a big people pleaser, and I want to specify here that not all of her siblings are raised, well, they're not all raised quite in the very same way because there's a difference in beliefs in the family and the religion as to how boys are treated versus how girls are treated. Mm. Is it, I, I would imagine, too, this is not just religion-based but also generationally based? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's quite a difference here in how her and her sisters are raised to, to be subservient to people, please, um, the family. And this particular family owns a business. So she's also raised that you, and this is going to come up in other shows as well within the contracts between her and her siblings, how she's raised not to upset the people in her city, in her town, in her, in her community, because you can't ruin dad and mom's business. Oh, mom, this is like a mirror. Hmm? I would imagine you sitting here downloading all this information for her struck a chord with you. Oh, yeah. Like huge empathy here. Yeah. Yeah. So she's raised in all of these different cages. And I'm going to refer mm. to them. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to refer to them as cages because these I want people to have that visual of that all these different little Well, they enslave you. Yeah. The beliefs enslave you. Yeah. And so this is going to help people understand and help her understand when the guides talk about this. And bring this up and say, oh, you were raised this way. you." And she goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But because of that, this is how it led to the fact that when you're growing up and you're going through high school and all of your peers are meeting with guidance counselors and teachers and parents to say, what do you want to do at the end of high school? Where do you want to go? What course do you want to be in? She hasn't got a clue. Mm. She doesn't know where to go. She doesn't know what to do. Right. She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know how to think. So as her friends are going off to colleges and universities and applying and doing all of these things, she just simply thinks, I, I, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know who I am. Or how. She has no idea. And though she's taking care of other people on a day-to-day basis, she doesn't know how to care for herself. She doesn't know what to do with that. And there really isn't a feeling within her that other people are seeing that she needs the guidance or that she needs the care. Or that she's been missed in all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. hmm So she learns to care for others, but she doesn't learn self-care. 
Well, you're also talking to, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, about being erased from a very young age. And I, I mm-hmm. you've used this term many, many times, and I really love it, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, the re- religion has erased her. Mm-hmm. Her gender slash sex has erased her. Mm-hmm. So where does the future really come into play mm-hmm. if you've never truly existed? Yeah. And she, does, she doesn't know how to put her thoughts together or even how to make a plan of action. And this is interesting because how do you get taught to make a plan of action for anything? How do you get taught processes, i.e. plan to go to university, pack your clothes, apply, um, drive there? And I'm saying all the just basic, basic things. When she's not taught to do any of those things for herself ever, she's taught that she's supposed to make sure that other people are getting those things done. Mm-hmm. So as everyone else is doing this in their own lives, her own peers, she's just walking around feeling very empty, not knowing what to do. So she ends up quitting grade 13. Oh. She quits grade 13. She's smart enough to be there. She just doesn't know what she's there for. Love it. Well-worded. Now, I want to also say something. Wait. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. This sounds like a great act of defiance, though. (laughs) And and, I mean, I think people Maybe her first, eh? Yeah, I think people may be able to kind of take it in a different direction and think, no, no, maybe that was the people-pleasing of I don't feel worthy and I don't feel capable, Mm. perhaps. Um, and, And perhaps that came through in the session. But it could also be seen as the first act of defiance of Mm -hmm. this is something that I'm quote unquote supposed to do uh, and not going to do. If I don't know what the point is, why stay? Mm -hmm. Mm, I'm curious to see where this goes. Mm -hmm. So Day asks me to go into a little bit more of that about the high school stuff, Mm. which is interesting, eh? Well, I mean, she asked for contract. Right. So I would be very curious if this is coming up. How my grade 13 experience plays into that contract. Yeah. So she says, can you go back to that period of time? She says, because that's something that I struggle with. It's where I feel like a failure for the rest of my life. Yeah, of course. She says, like, I go through and I see all of my friends and blah, blah, blah. So we have a little conversation around what she's currently feeling um, and what she has felt during life. And she says, just go back to that period of time and tell me more about it because I can't, I, I just don't seem to be able to have all of the memories. Mm. Uh, it's like I've just trashed all of that. She says, or put it someplace in a file. I just don't access. So I said, okay. I said, well, you're in a Catholic high school. You're in a high school with religion. And she goes, yeah. And that makes complete sense to her because this is how she's raised. And I said, well, it's a science-based high school. And she goes, yes. So this is a high school that teaches all of the sciences. And this is blowing people's minds. We didn't think we put religion and science together. (laughs) I'm I'm confused. (laughs) There are no art classes here is the point. There's music. There's one music class. You have to take it for your credit each year. Um, but she has no no place to figure out who she is. And she goes, oh, my God, continue. Because it's science-based and she's not? 
Correct. Jesus. But she doesn't oh, figure... Oh, I put it in there. Yeah. <laughs> but she doesn't figure that out until decades later. Mm. So she lives I, the biggest chunk of her life with no access or no leaning into or curiosity about any of the arts. None. And she goes, why? And I said, well, I said, as far as I can see, it even goes back to the fact that when you're a child and you are participating in elementary school in art, you don't, you're always graded on staying within the lines. I was just going to say this has to come back to perfectionism. Yeah. It comes back to the fact that you're coloring in school and you want to blend colors and they mark it wrong that you've blend, you've, you've done a blending of colors. You were supposed to color something one color. Mm. I got graded, ironically, coloring a Canadian flag um, with pencil strokes in different directions, and I got told to redo it. So I had to like, like I remember that I don't even know, like fist that pencil and just like color straight in the same direction. Yeah, but I was so confused because then how do you like stay in the line? I hated that teacher. Yeah, Catholic as well. Okay, so. So she's taught at a very young age that even, like, and I mean super young. I think I might need to bring that to therapy. <laughs> okay. That's, Sorry. Oh, God. I can imagine that most of our shows, people think they need therapy afterwards for something. But she's she's graded mm-hmm. and told failure or told 50% or 60% or 70%. But this is, she's never really told that, that you can do these things. She's never really encouraged to do them. And she goes at one point and I said to her, you know, you went to an art class once and she went, I did. And I said, and you have a memory about it. I said, you don't remember all the art classes. You remember one. And she goes, yeah. She goes, could you go into that? And I and I said, absolutely. So she took an art class with one of her siblings, and she was thrilled. It, there were very few people in the art class. It was in someone's home, and she's um, she's just doing what the art teacher's telling all of them to do, and she's doing quite well. But her brother is amazing, and the guides say that. Um, the teacher then goes up to her brother and says, you're a natural artist. Mm. And mom and dad hear this at the end of it, that he's the natural artist in the family. And he continues with art class and she does not. Mm. So these doors for her, where she actually has her own ability, just get closed. I don't know how you want to say that, Kelly. They just get closed. You know, I don't. I hope this is something valuable that I can add. Um, I, I had no real music exposure in terms of education before I started mm-hmm. um, seeing Eric, and who is a music teacher, and he was teaching really young children when we were first mm. together. And parents would come and say, like, "Oh, we just want them exposed to music," and he would say, "Oh, that's great. So I'll just let them touch and play with every instrument in my." in my room just for the sake of exposure. And I remember like my jaw hitting the floor being like, this is so unstructured. What do you mean? Yeah. And he's like, well, they're young. Exposure is the point. Musical enjoyment is the point. If they can touch it and feel inspired, then we've done a great job. Yeah. 
I was like, that is not the education I had. <laughs> Nor I. And, and he said, yeah, but education isn't the point. The exposure is. And then as they show interest, you educate. Oh, to, to feed, Kelly. To feed the curiosity. And I thought, that is beautiful. I yeah. love that. And I, and I think about Day in this story when you're saying how she doesn't discover until many years later that she's an artist if all she's been exposed to is the, the sciences, as you mentioned. Um, exposure is such a big deal. Yeah. And when she gets the exposure at, the, at this young age, it's taken away. Mm-hmm. And or, or graded. It's graded and taken away from mm-hmm. her. And then she gets put into this school system. Another cage. Yeah, that says we're not teaching that. And so she just moves through that system to get her papers at the end, so to speak, right? You're just there to just get your graduation, but you don't, when everybody else is being inspired, or some are being inspired, and so they're saying, yes, I'm in the right school, then they get to say, oh, I'm going into nursing, or I'm going into whatever programs come out of that particular curriculum. But because her family says you can't go to a public school, you are Catholic, she's not allowed to go to the school in her community that would provide her with exposure. What a, what a horrible system. What a, what a fucked up system to say because of what is on your birth, not even birth certificate, Jesus, what's on your um, baptism that is going to indicate what you're allowed to be curious about and what you're allowed to do with your life. That is so messed up. Yeah. And now the world is deprived of someone's natural born skill or their curiosity that could develop into incredible skill. And it explains... Because of your parents' faith. Yeah. Not even because of what they actually is uh, is believing or doesn't believe. Yeah. So we're opening these files that give her that closure now to help her bring up that memory. And so she just sits there and she says, this, this is so worth it for me because this session is actually retrieving my memories. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Yeah. So then the guides say to me, we want you to confirm for her that she found this part of herself now and that the soul contract was to actually explore this. And we are proud of her because at this point in her life, she's actually discovered this artistic side. Can I pause for a second? Yeah. Um, I want to ask this question, like seed this question for listeners. When you look at a contract, does it say that she's to discover this at any point in her life? Or does the contract say she must at a certain age? Oh, I love that. Like, can a contract, a specific part of it, be fulfilled later in life? Can it be delayed? Yes. Okay. Oh, I, just, I love I, that you yeah, asked it. I'm seeding this so that people can really feel hopeful. Yeah. That, you know, if, the, if maybe religion isn't involved in your life, and that's fantastic, congratulations, but maybe they didn't explore a career because of circumstance, because mm-hmm. of money, because of partnerships, geography, whatever. Um I just, I want people to know that those contracts can still be fulfilled when you discover something about yourself later in life. Mm-hmm. Me too. I love that. So Day is totally thrilled that this is in her contract. Yeah. She's like, you can see, I don't know, Kelly, like I can totally feel her relief, mm-hmm. 
her happiness, her pride that, okay, this is in a contract. I didn't get it at one point. And yet somehow people come along, opportunities come along, and she seizes them at another time. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important to learn that exactly what you asked in that question, so long as the contract is fulfilled at some point, there's a sense of discovery of who you are. Mm -hmm. That's why we write the contract. It's self-discovery and the the option to be able to share that with other people. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're going to leave this the story today, that's what occurred in her first session, was going back into the past, but also explaining how some things happened during life for her. Wonderful. So she, she's come back. You've got updates. We're going to yeah. keep going with her story? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because she'll come in and she'll ask what the contract is with a parent, what it is with, mm. like, why did I go through this? Why did I marry this person? Why did I, like, there's tons of stuff. She's, there's a lot of work going on. Cool. So what I've tried to do, because it weaves through different sessions with her, the listeners are going to hear where we try and take one theme and explain it and then go to another theme. But they're going to get to know day. They're going to get to see how they all weave too. Mm-hmm. Listeners are like, long-time listeners are like, Karen is getting organized. This is great. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out different ways where we do the one-off shows where they hear about one client. You, you, It's not a... Well, it's certainly changing over the years too, you know, even with our practice where people will say, oh, go ahead and use this for a podcast if you'd like. Yeah. And there are some clients where we don't even have to ask. They'll just say, I know, I know you turn it in, you know, to a podcast, change my name, change my location. I'm good with this. I think that's really great. That that has changed. Yeah, that, and it, people will flat out say, "I want people to learn from this. I want people to hear what yeah. the guides just said to me." Yeah, for their for themselves. And and I think it's good for our listeners to know um, that we weave those stories so that no one is identifiable, uh, unless like a Dee Dee, a wonderful right three thirteen. Oh no, what episode was she? Three oh three. Right. A Dee Dee says, "Interview me. Let's do this." <laughs> Yes. Cool. So we're done for today. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you for preparing all of this. You're very welcome. Yeah. I look forward to seeing where this goes. Me too. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.